Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, anyway, to a few of the answers, you start even Stephen because they never hear the questions until you hear them on the broadcast. And now here's our schoolmaster, the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and good evening, everybody. As our special guest this evening, we are honored to have with us Miss Inga Mansky, lyric soprano of the Chicago Civic Opera Company. We'll have her help in our musical questions later on. Right now, class begins with roll call. Richard? I'm Richard Williams. I'm 14 years old and sophomore at Roosevelt School, East Chicago, Indiana. Tommy? I'm Tommy Franklin. I'm 12 years old and in the sixth grade at the Bobian School. Harvey? I'm Harvey Bennett Fishman. I'm 14 years old, and I'm a freshman at the South Shore High School. Patrick? I'm Patrick O'Connor. I'm seven years old, and, I, and I'm in, in second grade at the fourth year school. Well, good for you, Patrick. And last but not least, Maureen. I'm Maureen Buckley. I'm 10 years old in the seventh grade at Resurrection School. Folks, National Education Week starts tomorrow, and parents all over the country are being urged to visit their schools. We're going to invite the quiz kids' parents to visit our classroom next Sunday. And more than that, we're going to put them right on the spot and see how they are at answering questions. Yes, sir, we'll ask them to trade places with their own children for the last half of next week's program. Of course, just who the parents will be depends on which three of you five children win tonight. So, on your toes for the first question, because here it is. Virginia Connolly, an officer now stationed at San Francisco, wears black stockings. What branch of the service is she in? Maureen? The Waves. The Waves? Harvey? I think it's the Spars. The Spars? We have another hand up, Richard. I was going to say the Waves, too. You were going to say the Waves, Harvey? Well, in any case, she's in the Navy. Uh, that's right, but what is she in the Navy? Maureen? She'd be a Navy nurse. That's right, a Navy nurse. Miss Connolly is a Navy nurse. She's an ensign at the United States Naval Hospital, uh, Hospital on uh, Mare Island. Now, Catherine Draper of New York City is reminded that anything may happen in an American presidential election, and often has. What presidential candidate went to bed on election night thinking he had been elected only to learn the next morning that he hadn't been? Maureen? Hughes, and that was in 1916 between Hughes and Wilson. That's right, good girl. What president was kept in suspense for four months as to the outcome of the election? Harvey. Well, that was in the Hayes-Tilden uh, election when it uh, was very close and the outcome wasn't decided until mar uh, March 2nd by the House of Representatives. That's very good, Harvey. That's correct. And Hayes won. What, uh, what president slept through his entire term of office? Harvey. Well, that's a man named David Rice Atchison. And... Uh, I believe it occurred uh, just after Zachary Taylor's assassination or uh, death in office. 
And uh, he was president pro tem of the Senate. And uh, uh, because of that, he was president during the time that the president died and the vice president took office. Well, now, Harvey, I'm afraid you're uh, slightly off the beam. You gave me the right name. President Polk's term expired on March 4th, 1849. Zachary Taylor took the oath of office on March 5th, since the 4th was on Sunday. In the meantime, uh, David Rice Atchison, as president pro tem of the Senate, became chief magistrate of the nation. Since it came after a trying Senate session, he slept through the entire term of office. <laughs> John A. Hampson of Morristown, New Jersey, sends this question, kids. If you were a detective, you could find all these criminals inside the covers of Dickens. What teacher, in what book, would you arrest for being mean to Smike? Pat? Mr. Squeers. That? Nicholas Nickleby. That's right, Patty. Good boy. <laughs> Whom would you arrest for stealing from Mr. Wickfield? Maureen? Well, it was in David's... Uh, no, Oliver Twist. Um, he went to school for pickpockets. I think uh, that was it. And uh, they trained uh, one of them. I can't remember his name. And uh, they were trained uh, to pick pockets, and uh, they picked the man's pocket, and they, and they blamed it on to David Copperfield. I mean, Albert Twist. Well, uh, now, wait just a minute. You're partly right, Maureen, but you will remember I said for stealing from Mr. Wickfield. So that definitely takes it out of uh, the book Oliver Twist and puts it in another book. What book would that be? Mr. Wickfield. Harvey? If, uh, this is just a stab, but uh, I think that in David Copperfield, he uh, steals from an elderly gentleman who befriends him and takes him in. Who steals? Uh, David Copperfield. No. Uh, at least he's... No, I'll tell you, Maureen gave me the name of the book when she was giving me that other, other information. Uriah Heep in uh, David Copperfield is the character we were talking about. All right, who would you arrest for the murder of Nancy? Harvey? Well, uh, that's Bill Six. There's, there's Sykes. Sykes in what book? Uh, in Oliver Twist. Oliver Twist, that's right. August Wedler, Peru, Illinois, knows, of course, that all children love to go to bed. <clears throat> so he thought you quiz kids would like this one. Can you think of three popular expressions which mean to go to bed or to get some rest? Three popular expressions. Richard? Hit the hay. Hit the hay, or, that's uh, a very good one. Found your ear. Found your ear is another one. Let's have some more. Tommy? Uh, count some sheep. Count some sheep, yes. Harvey? Well, in the Army, they, they call it blanket drill. Blanket drill, that's very good. Any more, Richard? You uh, could saw some wood. Saw some wood, uh-huh. <laughs> Those are all cute, kids. Uh, Maureen? Well, maybe jump in the lake, because if you jumped in the lake, you'd probably be committing suicide, and then you'd be dead, and you'd be sleeping then. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, you're right, Maureen. Of course, that's the tough way to get some sleep, isn't it? <laughs> Life is really sweet. <laughs> well, kids, we've dabbled around quite a bit on uh, this program with square root and cube root. And now, Mr. C.P. Lawson of New York City gives us a problem in the fifth root. He admits this sounds impossible, but he says the problem can be done mentally if you know enough mathematical tricks. To raise a number to the fifth power, you multiply the number by itself four times. Thus, the fifth power of two is two times, two times, two times, two times two, or 32. And the figure two is the fifth root of 32. All right, what is the fifth root of four billion, 
9,984,209,207. Richard? That'd be uh, 87. 87 is right. That's wonderful. Uh, Richard, what system did you use to get that answer? Well, uh, the uh, fifth power of 80 is 3 billion, <laughs> is 3 billion, uh, 276,800,000. And the fifth power of 90 is 5,904,900,000. And the number be was between those two, so I knew it was in the 80s. And since the number ended in seven, and any number, fifth power, ends in the same digit that the no original number did, then I knew that the second digit was seven, and so it had to be 87. Well, <laughs> if it's as easy as all that, we should, I guess we could all do it, can't we? And <laughs> uh, that was my system. Uh, that's the system I use on that, too. <laughs> now, let's see. Next question here. Uh, Oh, the Reverend Clyde Walter Earhart of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, sent this question, children. Authors of the world's bestseller, the Bible, were not professional writers. What was the trade or profession of these three? Matthew, Luke, and John. Pat? Well, Matthew was a tax gatherer. That's right. And, uh, Ma and Mark uh, was a... Uh... We didn't ask for Mark. Matthew, Luke, and John... Well, Luke, Luke was a physician. That's right. And John was one of the apostles also. Yes, and, and what... so was Matthew. Well, yes. But uh, what was uh, John's trade or profession, uh, Pat? Well, I don't know then. Uh, Maureen? I think he was a fisherman. He was a fisherman, that's right. That's very good, kid. Now, between questions, let's visit Professor Murphy's elocution class. Come on, Kay. It's time to get up. The Navy's waiting for its little career, girls. Oh, Suzanne, I can't get up. I've got a headache that was built for an elephant. <laughs> oh, another cold, doggone it. Not another one. Oh, I ache all over. So I'm not going in this morning. Will you be an angel and type those form letters for me? Lieutenant Jones waiting for them first thing. Listen, Kay, I'm getting tired of doing your work while you stay home and nurse your cold. Why don't you do something about them? What else can I do, Suzanne? I get plenty of rest, I eat right, I dress sensibly, I exercise, and... Oh, and still I get cold. Well, beginning today, dear, you're going to join me in the vitamin brigade. I don't get nearly so many colds since I've been taking these one-a-day tablets. Of course, I can't prove that the vitamins did the trick, but if they didn't, I don't know what did. Yeah, let's see that bottle. Hmm, one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets. How many of these do you take every day, Sue? Just one, Kay. And that's what makes one-a-day brand so easy to take. One tablet each day, and it costs just about a penny a day. Come on, open up and follow it down. There you are. And that's a good thing for everyone to remember. Do everything you can to help keep up your normal resistance to cold. Take a one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablet every day. Each tablet contains as much vitamin A and D as a teaspoon and a half of USP minimum cod liver oil. Ask your druggist for one-a-day brand and look for the big one on the yellow box. Thank you, Bob. You know, friends, last Sunday on our GI special program, we undertook to give servicemen in advance 
the scores on three of yesterday's football games. Our guest last Sunday, Red Grange, and our own Tommy Franklin, age 12, each made predictions. Well, the time has come to check the actual scores and see which of these brave souls came closer. Let's look at the record. Michigan, Pennsylvania. Predictions. Tommy, Pennsylvania to win 12 to 6. Red Grange, Michigan to win 21 to 14. Actual score, Michigan 41, Pennsylvania 19. The winner, Red Grange. Second game, Wisconsin-Purdue. Prediction. Tommy, Purdue to win 21 to 7. Red Grange, Purdue to win 14 to 7. Actual score, Purdue 35, Wisconsin nothing. The winner, Tommy Franklin. Third game, Notre Dame-Navy. Prediction. Tommy, Navy to win 27 to 7 or 14. Red Grange, Notre Dame to win 21 to 7. Actual score, Navy 32, Notre Dame 13. The winner, Tommy Franklin. Well. Well, Tommy, uh, you bested the great Red Grange on that guessing contest, and uh, Red called me up this morning to ask me to extend his congratulations. Also, he wanted me to ask you whether you can think up any alibis for him to tell our listeners on why he might logically have missed it so far on the Notre Dame Navy game. How about it, Tommy? Well, uh, because uh, Notre Dame had, I think they score more points uh, this year than Navy, and their opponents had only crossed the goal line once. And, well, uh, he's a businessman, and he got he hasn't got as much time as I have to look up things. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, very true, Tommy. Did you want to add anything more to that? Well, uh, and, uh... You don't have to. I thought maybe you wanted to I talk a little further. Uh, Maureen has her hand up. What did you want to say, Maureen? Notre Dame's a better team than Navy. Oh, you think they are, huh? <laughs> well, <laughs> of course, it's obvious that Notre Dame had no business losing. <laughs> anyway, uh, Tommy, uh, you and Red were both good sports, and I want to thank Red again for paying us such a pleasant visit last Sunday. Well, the opera season is in full swing, and we have with us tonight a young lyric soprano who made her successful debut just last week with the Chicago Civic Opera Company. She is the daughter of the famous Dorothy Mansky of the Metropolitan. Here she is, Miss Inga Mansky. <laughs> Miss Mansky, I have here an opera question from Mrs. Ann Harris of Dorchester, Massachusetts. And if you'll do the singing for us, we'll see if the quiz kids can do the answering. Now, children, if you heard Miss Mansky singing these arias at the opera, what roles would she be singing? I'd like for you to get two out of three on this. Here's the first one. Harvey? Oh, I think that's uh, the one of whom I dream. It's from uh, Traviata. That's very, very good, uh, Harvey. Very good. All right, now let's listen to the next one. Maureen? I think that's the jewel song to Faust. 
That's right, Maureen. Maureen, who sings that in the opera? I, I think, um, I can't think of his name, uh, the one that's under the power of the devil. Well, uh, uh, Pat? Pat. Uh, who? No, uh, Mephistopheles. No, now, wait a minute. Uh, Harvey? Well, I don't think it could possibly be a man because, uh, it's a lyric soprano song. All right. Who would be singing? I guess Marguerite. Marguerite. That's right. <laughs> and, uh, here's the last one. Harvey? That's uh, in the mad scene from Lucia. Uh, Lucia de Lamore. That's right. Very good. And, uh... Uh, thank you very much, Miss Mansky. Now, don't go too far away because we have something else up our sleeve. <laughs> Here's an interesting question from Mrs. Bert Hughes of Buffalo, New York. Everyone is talking about all the new gadgets there will be when the war is over and industry turns back to civilian production. Can you think of any new gadgets you personally would like to see somebody invent and put on the market? You kids ought to have some very modern ideas along those lines. A new gadget of some kind. Maureen? Uh, some kind of a roller that uh, you put a, you set it some way and then when you roll out your pie, it'll fit the, the pan exactly. <laughs> well, now, say, there is an angle. And uh, I would suggest that they uh, sort of make that out of this sponge rubber, too. Uh, wouldn't you, Maureen? Paul the jokes go around about the rolling pins. Uh, Richard? Well, I'd like to have uh, some sort of a special type of shoe, sort of possibly like a roller skate, and that you just might ha have some way of running so that you just turn it on and you'd go running down the street. You mean uh, motorized feet, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea, all right, Richard. Uh, Harvey? Well, I'd like to have a magnetic bowling ball uh, so that it went right into the 1-3 pocket every time he threw the ball. Well, say, now, you're not alone on that, Harvey. I'd uh, go for that myself. Tommy? Well, they ought to have a machine that could uh, pull your house up to, well, uh, high enough so that you could see a football game. That's, uh... Over the fence. Oh, man. <laughs> now, that is a dandy, Tommy. I'm heartily in favor of that. Maureen? They should have some kind of a gadget that uh, that makes uh, salt in the summertime so it won't get clogged up in the bottom of the salt shaker and you can't get any salt out to put on potatoes. Well, now, all you have to do is to put a little rice in there, you know. That yeah, is I know, my but that doesn't work very good. Oh, it doesn't? It used to work for my grandmother. Um, Harvey? Well, I think they've already done that. I'm not uh, going to give any plugs or anything, but when it rains, it pours. Now, of course, we never give any plugs on this show, do we, Harvey? Tommy? Well, they ought to have a gadget that makes the cigar last uh, for a long time. It never goes smaller because, well, uh, if you run out of cigars, then, then you uh, can't always go to the store and buy another one. Well, who, who smokes cigars in your family, Tommy? No one. Huh? Oh, no you're one. just thinking about the cigar smoker. I see. Yes. Uh, Pat, how about you? Uh, can't you think of any new gadgets that might uh, help things along? Well, uh, you could, uh, I have a gadget that, <laughs> well, something that would carry, the, go, uh, go down and get the groceries and carry them home. <laughs> well, 
Well, Pat, that's the invention that ends all inventions, I want to tell you. Let's get along, kids. Those are all fine. From Whiting, Indiana, comes this question, thought up by Arthur Brown, Jr. The Russians first entered Yugoslavia through what country? And through what six other countries is it possible to enter Yugoslavia? Richard? Well, they first uh, entered Yugoslavia through Romania. That's right. And you could also enter it through Italy or Aust well, uh, Austria, yeah. yeah. Or Hungary. Uh-huh. Or Bulgaria or Greece or Albania. It's all six of them. Nice going, Richard. <laughs> now, uh, before this next set of questions, Bob Murphy has a special message for all you parents listening in. I'm sure that if you have boys and girls growing up in your family, I don't have to point out to you the importance of giving them plenty of vitamins A and D, because your family doctor or baby specialist has made that clear to you. Vitamin A, among other things, helps keep up their normal resistance to colds and similar infections, while vitamin D helps build and preserve strong bones and teeth. Now, you may know these vitamins as the cod liver oil vitamins. Well, let me ask you this. Do you have trouble coaxing your youngster to take these vitamins regularly? Then you'll be glad to know about a pleasant, easy-to-take product that contains these A and D vitamins in pleasant-tasting tablet form. Tablets that have no unpleasant taste or aftertaste. They're one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets put up by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Each one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablet contains the full basic daily supply of A and D, as much A and D vitamins as you'd get in a teaspoon and a half of USP minimum cod liver oil. And one little tablet scarcely larger than a navy bean is all you take each day. Not only is one-a-day brand pleasant from the taste standpoint, but from the budget standpoint as well. One tablet each day costs you just about one penny each day. Now, to be sure you're getting the guaranteed potency in each tablet, ask your druggist for one-a-day brand vitamin A and D tablets and look for the big one on the yellow box. Now, back to school and Quizmaster Kelly. Well, this question from Marjorie Conradi of Wilmette, Illinois, requires you quiz kids to try singing grand opera. And that's only fair because Miss Mansky, a real opera singer, was nice enough to sing for you. If you can sing well enough for Miss Mansky merely to recognize what you're singing, we'll call that good enough. So now remember, when you answer this question, don't tell what you're going to sing, just sing it. What would you sing if you were a bullfighter? Harvey? Well, uh, I don't know the real words, so I'll just kind of have to uh, uh, dot it out. All right, uh, Harvey. Uh, um, how about that, Miss Mansky? Could you tell what that was? Yes, I certainly could. That was the Toreador uh, song from Carmen. And a bullfighter sang it, didn't he? So that mm -hmm. answers the question. <laughs> I thought at first it was a Tanada song. Well, anyway, um, uh, what would you sing if you were a gondolier? Richard? We might sing the, uh, oh, <laughs> you might sing uh, la, 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 uh, Well, how, my, how beautiful. Um, uh, Miss Mansky, uh, what, uh, what is that, uh, by the way? That is from the Tales of Hoffman and Sides, the huh? Well, look, uh, Miss Mansky, if you don't mind, I'd like to hear you and Richard sing that together. Uh, I'll tell you what, Richard. Now, this is going to be a lot of fun now. Uh, you, you start it out, Richard, and Miss Mansky will join in. La, 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 la,
Thanks a lot, <laughs> Richard, and uh, thank you, Miss Maskey. You were kind to come up and help us out. <laughs> now, kids, try this one thought up by Mrs. R.H. Fletcher of Carrollton, Georgia. Let's imagine that some of the characters in Shakespearean plays suffer with amnesia and forget in just what play they belong. You are to put them in the right play. Now, here's the first set of three. Imogen, Cloton, Posthumus. Pat? Cymbeline. Cymbeline, that's right, Pat. Here's the next threesome. Hero, Beatrice, Don Pedro. Pat? The hero, Beatrice, and Don Pedro appeared in Much Ado About Nothing. That's right. Good boy. And uh, last, Mistress Page, Mistress Ford, Mistress Quickly. Maureen? Uh, at first, when I heard the page, I thought it might be, uh, wasn't Romeo and Juliet in the castle? No. Richard? The Merry Wives of Windsor. The Merry Wives of Windsor. That's right. <laughs> Children are always asking why. So Mrs. Elsa L. Ill of Berkeley, California, thought we'd turn the tables and ask you why. <laughs> uh, why did the three bears go for a walk prior to the coming of Goldilocks? Harvey? Well... Uh, their porridge was kind of hot, so they figured rather than burn their mouths, they'd go out and walk for a while. Until the porridge cooled <laughs> off. That's right. Why did the little old woman make the gingerbread boy? Maureen? Was it for Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner? Mm -hmm. Well, um, look at the hands. Uh, Harvey? Well, I believe they were very lonely, and they wanted someone. They didn't have any children, and they wanted someone to comfort them. That was the reason. That's the reason. All right, well, questions are over once you hear the bell quiz, kids. Now we'll just have to sit tight while the judges add up your points and let us know which three of you win another chance in our classroom of the air. Remember, though, whether you win or lose in the scoring, you get a $100 war bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer just the same. Bob Murphy, while we're waiting, will you tell the folks about our questions, please? Why, sure, Mr. Kelly. The questions are sent in by you folks listening in. For each one we use on the broadcast, the makers of Alka-Seltzer give a priority certificate good for one of the first post-war Zenith portable radios. It will be a Zenith radio of the future, complete with shortwave and the latest improvements in radionics. However, if you prefer, instead of the post-war radio, you may have a $50 war bond now. Just think up a question and mail it to Quiz Kids, Chicago. Well, Joe, do you have the report card yet? Well, the judges aren't quite ready, Bob, so I'll fill in with a reminder for all grade school and high school students. It's time to join the American Junior Red Cross. Junior Red Cross members, among other worthwhile projects, make articles of comfort like ashtrays, sewing kits, and games for our servicemen in camps and hospitals. Ask your teacher to enroll you. Well, the judges have handed me tonight's verdict, and here's the news. As a class, you quiz kids missed one question, Harvey was first, Richard second, Pat and Maureen tied for third. So, you four quiz kids will be back again at your desks a week from tonight, and you'll defend your scholastic honors against Joel Superman Copperman, age eight. And remember now, bring your parents along because they're going to change places with you during the last half of the examination next Sunday. I see most of them here in the audience tonight, and 
I hope they aren't as nervous next Sunday as they look right now. Meanwhile, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the Quiz Kids class until the same time next week when the Quiz Kids' parents will visit our classroom. Good night, kids. Good night, Mr. Kelly. And folks, this is about time to check the supply of Alka-Seltzer in your home. Remember, for the ache-all-over feeling and the headache of a cold, Alka-Seltzer's comfort is worth its weight in gold. This is the Blue Network. <laughs>